Welcome listeners to the Radical Life Support. I'm so glad you're joining me for this series on the ABCs of the Attributes of God. We hope through this series that your knowledge of God will expand and increase on who he is and that it will draw you into a deeper relationship with God. Our quote for this series is by A.W. Tozer, and he says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I just pray that as we study the attributes of God together, that this will radically change your view of God as it did mine. Last time, we talked about that God was almighty, that the might and power of God is complete, it's limitless, measureless, and it never diminishes. He has an eternal power. He's all-powerful in the past, the same power he has today, and he will ever be God almighty. Putting your trust in a God who has all the power to do anything for you brings peace and security in your life. This is our third episode, and this week we're going to do the letter B, and this attribute of God is that God is beautiful. Have you ever thought about the beauty of God? Well, let's see how God reveals himself through the word, through creation, through Jesus, and in our hearts. So let's start with the Word of God. Now, depending on what version of the Bible you have, and I normally use the NIV version, uh, you will see the word beauty when God is described. But I find that when you read the word splendor, that also can be beauty. Or when you read the word glory as an adjective describing God, glory can mean radiant beauty. So it isn't just beauty, it's radiant beauty. And I am going to exchange this word in some cases. I will use the word beauty instead of splendor or glory as we read some of these Bible verses. And I also want to bring up the point again that if God is a certain attribute, like beautiful, then you must apply it to all his other attributes. Since we talk about God Almighty, then we should be able to view his power as also being beautiful. In Isaiah 63, 1, it says, Who is this who's robed in beauty, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? So here you see God's beauty and his power together. He's robed in beauty and riding in strength. It should be no surprise that when we talk about the beauty and glory of God, there are a lot of references in the Psalms. And Psalms 96.6 says, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory or radiant beauty are in his sanctuary. This is also putting strength or power and glory together. And they are together in his sanctuary, explaining a place that he dwells. Now, I found that when it describes the place where God dwells, it often speaks of beauty. There is a verse in the Psalms that says, uh, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. If you've heard that song before, beautiful is his loftiness, it says in NIV. It's because the city is high and lifted up. That gives the city beauty. It often talks about a beautiful holy mountain. And it says, from Mount Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. 
Also in the temple, there's a gate called beautiful that's described in the New Testament. So it seems like his dwelling places have beauty in it. When I think of almighty and beautiful, we say almighty because you take the word mighty and you put all in front of it and he encompasses all might. But I have to say, we should be able to do the same thing with the word word beautiful. We should put all beautiful in front of it too, because any beauty that you see comes from God. There is nothing more beautiful. He is the most all-encompassing beauty that there is in the world. God doesn't have to surround or adorn himself with beautiful things to make himself beautiful. He is beautiful. He's the one who makes something beautiful. And apart from God, there is no true beauty. Some things might appear to be beautiful. I think of the the movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I don't know if you remember that when they opened the ark finally and everybody was all around it, these spirits of sorts came out and the guy says, oh, they're so beautiful. But then as he gazed on it, it turned to just ugliness and it, it turned into destruction. So you have to be careful when you see beauty Don't be enticed or fooled by false earthly beauty because that is not eternal beauty. Only the beauty that comes from God is eternal and lasting and true. Another dwelling place of God is described in Revelations 21. And it says he saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. Now, what is more beautiful (laughs) than a bride. And even Christ describes the church as a beautiful bride and that he loves dearly. In this new Jerusalem, it says later in the chapter that the foundations and the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone, jasper, sapphire, emerald, topaz, amethyst, pearls, and pure gold like transparent glass. I mean, I, I don't even know what pure transparent glass gold looks like, but I'm sure it is awesomely beautiful. And when I think of this new Jerusalem, when I think about royalty, aren't we just mesmerized and think of the beauty of royalty? The king of kings is going to dwell in this new Jerusalem and he's royalty. And royalty has all these beautiful clothes and beautiful things in their palace. To me, when we see that on earth, it's kind of a taste of heaven. As I was looking up verses on beauty, There was one that really intrigued me, and it made me think of a place that God visited on earth. And it comes from Ezekiel 31, and he's really using this as a metaphor. But he says, a beautiful cedar of Lebanon, so a tree. God said, he made this tree beautiful with abundant branches, and it was the envy of all the trees of Eden in the garden of God. So consider the Garden of Eden where God walked. I can't imagine how beautiful that garden was. Imagine that, you know, all the trees had all the luscious fruit on them. I just imagine that everything was in bloom all year round, that the beauty and color and fragrance and breeze and sunshine was everywhere. And it was probably the most beautiful garden. When I imagine myself walking in the Garden of Eden, I think of another song. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. 
And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. How beautiful, right? I don't mean my voice. (laughs) I mean the setting of being in a garden with God just makes me so happy. When we think about the beauty of God, it just makes me want to praise him, makes me want to talk about this beauty, makes me want to worship him because he's so beautiful, makes me want to tell him how wonderful he is. And beauty makes you feel good. Beauty is inspiring. And that's what God is. He's beautiful. He's inspiring. He's wonderful. He's praiseworthy. And now let's think about how God is revealed in creation. Is not the beauty of God displayed for all to see in creation? I would love to have an exchange with you and hear the things that you think are beautiful in creation. There's a special place in California that kind of is my, this place that I like to go. It's an incredible place that has peace and there's sunlight shining through the trees. To me, it's extremely beautiful. I also, of course, I love the beauty in a flower. And I just can't believe all the the variety of these beautiful flowers, the color, the sizes. Only a beautiful God could create so many beautiful things. I took Ikebana. This is a flower decorating class. And it really helped me to see the beauty in a flower. And so it's not just the flower itself, but even the curve of the stem and the leaves, and they show you to look at a flower and look at its most pleasing position where you could see its beauty in its entirety, and then you place it in the vase that way, and it just highlighted just everything about a flower. If it was only open a little bit, you would show it from the side, but it was if it was opened up, you wanted to be able to look right into the depths of it to enjoy its beauty. In Matthew 6.29, Jesus says, Consider the lilies that not even Solomon in all his splendor, and he was a king, was dressed like one of these. God is showing beauty in the biggest things, and he's showing beauty in the smallest of things. Another thing for me that's beautiful is the sky. I love the sky and everything in it, especially the moon and the stars make me think of the beauty of the stars and just how big they are. I mean, this this big star exploding and its beautiful light can shine all the way to earth. I love a rainbow in a sky. Don't you want to just stop and take a picture when you see a rainbow and you follow the track of the colors from one end to the other? Lightning displays great power, but it also is beautiful. In creation, we love beauty. We will spend a lot of money and travel to go see beautiful things like waterfalls, to go places where we can go hike in beauty. Beauty is priceless. In Habakkuk, it says that his glory covered the heavens, his glory, his beauty. His beauty covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His beauty was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. How about the beauty in a sunrise and the power of that sun coming up? There you have beauty and power together again. I couldn't even believe this as I was studying this, how this was all falling into place. But I thought, as we think about how God reveals his beauty through Jesus, it's very interesting to me that one of the prophetic verses in Isaiah that's talking about the Messiah, who is Jesus, that he had no beauty as a man or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance 
that we should desire him. So he wasn't physically beautiful. But we know that Jesus was all man and all God. And if God is beauty, then Jesus is too. That makes me think that in his physical appearance, he laid down his beauty. So he laid it down in order that we would see his beauty within himself and the things that he did. Three of the disciples were very lucky up in the Mount of Transfiguration to see his beauty. It says, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became bright as a flash of lightning. Moses and Elijah appeared in all glorious splendor. So in glorious splendor, all radiant beauty. Jesus mentioned once about beauty, a beauty that someone did for him. There was an instance where Jesus said, after she poured perfume on his body and prepared him for his burial, he said, she has done a beautiful thing to me. And if you pause a minute and look at Jesus on the cross, you will see sacrificial beauty. Love is beautiful. After he died, conquered death, and rose again, he had a new body and he visited the earth. Then he ascended into heaven and he promised to return again. Another prophetic verse in Isaiah says, On that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. I mean, folks, he's going to come in the skies. And in Philippians, it says, We eagerly await the Savior who's going to come in the skies, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so we will be like his beautiful, glorious body. That should give you great comfort that we are going to have glorious, beautiful bodies. So that brings me now how God reveals himself through us in our heart. How do you feel when you see something beautiful? How about when you see something revolting? For me, ugh, my whole body reacts against it. It kind of gives me chills and... It, you, you shake and you want to get as far away from ugliness as possible. But in contrast, beauty is so appealing and you can't keep your eyes off of it. You want to be near it. Normally, beauty is seen, but in many cases, we are using all of our other senses too, like smelling the rose, hearing beautiful music. Maybe when you touch a, a piece of fur like on a, on a cat, when you're stroking a cat, that that's beautiful and soothing. For me, even tasting caramel chocolate, that is beautiful. It may not necessarily be described as beautiful, but our other senses are definitely engaged in the process when it comes to beauty. I believe that we were created to recognize beauty. We know it when we see it. Some will say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, to me, that just means if you see as much beauty in a flowering weed as you do in a rose then good for you because there is beauty in all of God's creation, not just the obvious ones that most people describe. You are blessed when you can see beauty in the small and simple things. And think about this. Now, we talked about the city and the temple and God's presence in those dwelling places and that they are beautiful because of God's presence in them. Well, how about us? The Bible says we are formed in his image. And if you are a believer, his Holy Spirit, his presence dwells in you. He made you beautiful and he gives you beauty. God says God gives beauty from ashes. 
And I know firsthand that God can take a life that is grieving, a life in sorrow, and give it meaning and purpose and life. God gives beauty from ashes. It says in Ecclesiastes, he makes all things beautiful in its time. You just need to believe in this beautiful God. And this God can give you beauty in your life. And he gives beauty to those he loves. And he definitely loves you. Our beauty should not come from outward adornment, but from your inner self, says Peter, an unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. It's not saying you can't be beautiful on the outside, but you should be beautiful on the inside. Have you ever met a person who was very attractive on the outside and when you got to know them, they were not beautiful on the inside? They were cold, manipulating, or maybe just desperately unhappy person. But then have you met uh, another person who was plain? Maybe they were even poor, didn't have very much, but they're so beautiful on the inside. They had a kind and generous spirit. And that is what Peter is saying here. So how do you be beautiful on the inside? Well, first off, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's where you start. It says that when Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, that his face was radiant because he had spent time with God. And in 1 Corinthians, it says that and we all reflect the Lord's glory, his beauty, as we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. The more time you spend with him, the more you make him the center of your life, the more beautiful you become. And people have inside of them, they recognize we were created with this. They recognize beauty and they'll look at you and think, why is that person so beautiful? And it's because of the Lord inside of you. It is nothing of yourself. It is just being with the Lord and making him the Lord of your life. Spending time with him is critically important. You can do then beautiful things for God. And this is a beautiful verse in Isaiah 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace and who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. When you bring the gospel of peace and salvation to someone, that is a beautiful thing. When you direct someone to God, and you let them know how beautiful God is. These are the kind of things that you want to do as you walk with the Lord. My prayer is that we will all reflect the beauty of the Lord and do beautiful things for him. So let's say this prayer. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Living a radical life for Jesus means believing that God is beautiful. Let his beauty invade your spirit. Thank you so much for listening to Radical Life Support today. And if you liked what you heard, please share this podcast with your friends and family to help us get the word out. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'd love to hear from you. We have a new email address, rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. You can also find us on Spotify download the app, and search for Radical Life Support. Join me next time, and we will discuss the letter C in the next ABC's Attributes of God. I can't wait to see what that attribute will be.